Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. My loyalty belongs to you wherever you may go every step that you take from here i'll be right by your side for where you go i will go where you eat i will eat where you laugh i'll laugh with you because i'm here my loyalty, I will go where you go, I will walk where you walk, I will see what you see, I am here because of you, because of loyalty. Everybody, good morning. I hope that you had a fantastic week this week. I hope that you are excited to dive into the Word of God. And most of all, I really just hope that you are enjoying your summer. I know for many of us, this year seems like the first year within the last four years of post-pandemic where people feel like, Everyone can be out because, you know, the emergency was lifted and um, everyone can just pretty much move on with their lives. And that's what a lot of people are doing because I'm noticing there's a lot more traffic, a lot more people out, and um, seems like things have gotten back to normal. So my friends, we are here to continue to dive into the Word of God. We are in the book of Ruth, as you know. And the uh, book of Ruth has really been demonstrating to us a story, a specific story about a family, what happens to, uh, to certain individuals in that family, and then the remaining individuals, how they've gone about continuing with their lives, which is something that we can apply to our lives every day, right? It, it kind of resonates with us when we read this story. We are in chapter two. And if you're joining us for the first time, we welcome you. We would recommend you go back to the book of Ruth in the Bible and start reading from chapter one to kind of catch up. But we are right now in chapter two, and we're going to be starting in verse 11. But before I do that, again, let's do a quick recap, right? This is a story about a mother and a father and two sons who then, um, the two sons marry two women from the um, city of Moab, town of Moab. And um, unfortunately, this woman's, uh, main woman's husband passes away, so does her two sons. So it's just her and her two daughter-in-laws. And because of her sorrow, her brokenness, she decides she's just going to go back home to the hometown where she grew up in and she knows because she has nothing left in this town of Moab, of Moab 
So they, she goes back um, uh, to Israel and she says to both of her daughter-in-laws, you know, go about your lives. You're still young. You can still get remarried, have a, a family, a new husband, a family. One of the daughter-in-laws decided to go back. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to go back to my parents' home. But the other daughter-in-law said, no, I'm going to stick it out with you. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. So they went along on their journey, her, Naomi, and then Ruth, her daughter-in-law. They went off on their journey. When they got to the destination of where Naomi was originally from, you know, the community saw her, they greeted her, but they saw that and heard and directly from Naomi that she's not the same person that they knew before. She had a very bitter heart coming back home. She was coming back empty-handed. She has nothing to show for. So there's a lot of things, mixed emotions going on in her mind, in her spirit, in her soul. So for Naomi, she felt God left her. God's not by her side. She felt, you know, she's going through the sorrow of, uh, of turmoil for a reason. And at the end of the day, she's not, um, she's just down and out and depressed. But her daughter-in-law, Ruth, you know, is sticking by her no matter what. And immediately decides, well, you know what? We didn't come back with anything. We, we got to do something, right? So she goes about working on the field. She says to her mother-in-law, you know, I'm not really from this place. Nobody really knows me. But just could you allow me just to at least go and try to see if I could, you know, gather some grain for us or try to make a living, you know, working in the field. Because they did return to a town during the season of spring where a lot of things were blossoming and, and, and flourishing at the time with the harvest. So she set out to do that. Um, and while she was going from field to field, she eventually landed in one field, which was the field of Moab. Uh, um, um, and because of that, she ends up uh, in this, excuse me, she ended up in the field of Boaz, I say Moaz, in the field of Boaz, which the field of Boaz actually happened to be a relative of Naomi. So when she came and she gleaned after the regular reapers, so you know you have the regular reapers, uh, you know, think of it like farming, whether it's the equipment or the people who actually pick it up by hand, the crop, you know, sometimes there's things left behind that haven't still been picked or were missed while well, she was gleaning. She was continuing to clean it out and, and pick it up. And um, that's what she did. And while she did that in this field, um, when the owner of the field, who was Boaz, came to speak to his workers, which I believe that that's something that a lot of um, employers should do, speak to their workers, he blessed them. He said, "Have a, you know, because it, it, it was harvest time. He said, you know, I'm, I'm blessing you. And then they blessed him back. And then he noticed Ruth and said, hey, but who's this person? I've never seen this person before. And the supervisor of the reapers, you know, of the farmers, think of it that way, came out and said, oh, yeah, this young lady um, is someone who came to me this morning to ask me if she could please glean behind the reapers because she is a, um, she came back with your relative, uh, Naomi, um, and she's here now, so she needs to work. And when the employer, you know, the boss saw her, 
he favored her and said, you know what? You're just not going to be um, a side on the, you know, side wings person. Come along. When you go to Glean, come alongside the women, you know, women that he had as, as farmers um, and, and uh, you know, who worked on the land. Come beside them, you know, stick close to them. And um, don't worry, I won't let any of the men, you know, um, stop you. Because remember, at that time, you know, they had servants, they had slaves, they had guards, right? So I'm not going to let any of them stop you from doing so. I'm going to make sure you're protected. And she found favor in his eyes, in his in his face. And she found favor in his presence. So she had asked him, like, you know, why am I finding favor in you? And... Um, and that's where we last left off. She asked him the question, what have I done to find favor in you? And we had discussed that a lot of times when you're doing your job, when you're doing faithfully what you're supposed to be doing, people get word about it. He got word about it because the supervisor was filling him in and giving him a recap of what happened. Uh, and sometimes when there's a recap that you someone can hear something good that you've done or you know a vouch for you things of that nature it can give you favor because it's like someone giving you giving you a referral giving a good report of what you've done so never think my friends that what you're doing with the hard work is never acknowledged or won't eventually get to the ears of the people who need to hear it it's just a matter of time before it does and now we're going to be picking up in chapter 2, in starting with verse 11. So when she asked him, or we left off last week, you know, how did I find favor in your eyes? Because I'm a foreigner. She's an outsider. You know, she's not from their community. This is what he said to her. He said, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. And how you left your father and mother and the land of your birth. And have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given. You by the Lord God of Israel. Under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said to him. Let me find favor in your sight my Lord. For you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maid servant, though I am not like one of your maid servants. And then Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she ate beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. And when she rose up again, again, you know, rose up again to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. Also let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean, and do not rebuke her. We're going to leave it right there. Father, thank you so much for your word. We know your word is truth. We know your good word gives us life. Oh, Lord, we know by this perfect example, Father, we can learn so much about it. How is it that you give people favor? And how is it that you bring people to tables that 
uh, or places or people that they never even thought they would, you know, uh, find favor with nor even be able to be in their company site. So we thank you, Father, for your word. Amen. So my friends, you know, I said to you that chapter, um, you know, that this book of Ruth was a very small book because it is. However, we dive in it uh, through the scripture for, we'll be diving into the scripture for several weeks because there's so much to learn here. Uh, There's so much information that's being given to us and just how the word could really resonate with your life. And I don't know about you, but when I listen and I read this word, it really inspires me and encourages me. So when pretty much she was asking him, you know, why have you found favor? You know, why have I found favor in your sight? It's because when the supervisor for Boaz said to him who she she was, see, he had already heard about her even before she even showed up. He had already heard about how his relative, who was the husband of Naomi, he had already heard that that Naomi and Ruth had already came back to town, and he had already heard about information about her and the good things that she has already doing. You know, gossip, (laughs) gossip goes around the community really quickly, my friends, and we all know that. You know, someone comes back home from, an example, somebody somebody comes back home from the army, your loved one, your son or daughter comes back from the army for being deployed, you know, several years they come back, everybody's in uproar, oh my, you're here, she's back, he's back, oh, and everybody celebrates, the parents are excited, you know, and, um, and then stories start to get told, right, um, because the son or daughter starts to share stories now with their parents. And then the parents go and, you know, share it with their neighbors. Oh, yeah, my son or daughter, they were they were here. They were there. You know, wow, they fought a lot of battles. They, they you know, um, they, um, they uh, uh, you know, they, they saved lives. Like, information just starts to spread quickly. <laughs> and, you know, we call it gossip. Like, everyone's gossiping and talking about the person. So, in this case, remember, Naomi came back very bitter. And she already had expressed herself to the women. So those women, I'm sure, started talking among themselves, but then also spoke about how she has this daughter-in-law with her who's really by her side to help her, that came back with her. And you know, back in the day, if you were a foreigner and you didn't really uh, have to leave your land to go anywhere else, you wouldn't. Because you were in your comfort zone. But people in the community saw that this young lady, Ruth, came back with her mother-in-law to a place she didn't even know. Ruth didn't even know she was going to make friends. She didn't even know if anybody was going to like her. She didn't even know she was going to have adversaries. She didn't know if she was going to have allies. Like, she didn't know what she was going to have coming back. All she knew is that she loved her mother-in-law and she was willing to sacrifice her own, her own life, her own livelihood to be by her mother-in-law's side because she loved her mother-in-law dearly. And that gets that word spreads spread around. 
and we can apply this to our lives today my friends because we know that things are always like all of a sudden you're somewhere in, in a party or you meet somebody in the supermarket and they come up to you and they go hey have you heard what happened to this one did you see this one came back yesterday you know like people start talking people are always talking that's the thing about the human race my friends we are constantly talking so then this case boaz already knew who ruth was he had already heard about her now he's just stumbling upon her on the field and now the supervisor is telling him oh yes she came in this morning and asked me if she could glean because she needs work and i say yeah go right ahead and do that right so boaz was confirming you know the things he he had not only was he seeing in front of him the woman he had heard about but now he's hearing another report about a supervisor saying yeah she's been probably doing pretty good job (laughs) you know what i mean so because if she didn't do a good job she wouldn't have stayed stayed all those hours right and boaz you know found that admirable he found that to be very um you know there's, there's just something about seeing the work that someone else does and they do it very well and they do it you know uh professionally and they do it um in a way that is uh really helping the company because like we said this is to help boaz company his occupation right his business so he looked at her and because of that you know and because of the story he already knew about her that's why she's even gonna receive more favor right so that's why he tells her you know i'm giving you favor because not only did I hear so much about what your what you did for your mother-in-law, but then I'm seeing the results of what you did for me today as the boss, the employer, right? So yes, you are going to stay by my girls so you're safe. I'm going to make sure you're safe and the men don't attack you either or, or reproach you or tell you get out of here because you're not from around here. I'm going to let them know who you are and you're going to have the right to be on my line. You're going to have the right to be able to glean and you're going to have the right to, you know, eat also at my table because this is what he says to her. He says, um, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel on whose wings you have come for refuge. In other words, he's blessing her just like he's blessing his, uh, he was blessing his other employees. He said, no, you're going to be blessed. May the Lord bless you just as well. May he repay you for all the good that not only did you do, you know, for my uh, relative, you know, when he was alive. Um, and then, you know, uh, his wife, an extension of, of that family, and then the children, an extension of that family, and then your husband, who was an extension of that family, because you've done so well and you carried yourself very well in any everything that happened, you still have a good attitude about life, I would pray that the Lord would bless you, okay? Um, and it's also an encouragement to her to continue to keep working hard, Listen, there's nothing like someone seeing the work, and we spoke about this last week, seeing the work that you've done and acknowledging the work, you, the hard work you've done. It's okay for someone on occasion to come up to you and say, you know, I just want to let you know you're doing a great job. I just want to let you know that you have really helped the company this year, you know, really um, succeed in selling product, whatever it is. You know, 
that's a good a good thing to go and tell your employees this. So he was doing the same thing. He was treating her just like she was one of his employees, even though she was a stranger. But she had demonstrated herself, and he knew about her. Sometimes, you know, you ever meet somebody for the first time through a family member, a co-worker, or whatever, friend, and they say, Hi, this is my sister, this is my cousin, this is my brother, or whatever, this is my friend. And the person goes, oh, hi, nice to meet you. They shake their hand, they, your hand, they go, oh, I've heard so much about you. And then you're like, really? You have? Yeah, because people have been talking about you. And hopefully they're talking good things and not bad things. And usually when someone says to me that, that statement, I, I usually say, oh, really, what have they been talking about? Because I'm curious to know what they have heard about me. So they're either going to say, you know, I heard that you moved to California. You know, I heard that you're in the movie and television business. I heard that you're a hard worker. Whatever it is that they're going to say, it's either going to be uh, positive or it's going to be negative. <laughs> and if it's negative, I want to know about it because I want to know who negatively might be talking about me. And if it's positive, I want to know who positively is talking about me. Right? And then it says here, and then he said to her, let me, she said to him, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I'm not like one of your, in other words, she was saying to him, you know, let me find favor in your sight. Let me continue to, to do the right thing in your presence. Let me continue to do a great job for you because the kind words that you have given me, wow, thank you so much for those kind words. It's an acknowledgement of, you know, of what I've been doing. Although I'm sure Ruth was not looking, you know, to receive any type of accolades, you know, um, praises. But because she was receiving the praises from Boaz, you know, she said to him, wow, you have spoken to me so kindly. And I'm not even like one of your people. I'm not even one of your employees. I'm not even one of these women that you want me to now be, a, uh, you know, be by. I'm nobody. <laughs> like that, That's kind of like what Ruth felt like. But the, the difference with Ruth is that, that she still had energy. She had a good attitude about life. Even though things were horrible, things fell apart, she still was standing strong. Naomi was standing strong too, but she was standing strong with bitterness. Ruth was standing strong, but she was standing strong with optimism. She was like, you know what? Um, um, I, I, you know, I, 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 I see, I see light at the end of the tunnel. I can get through this. I'm gonna work hard to to make it happen, you know. And the fact that now she's telling Boaz, you know, about the favor she's found in him and how she's so grateful for the words he's expressing to her about who she is and what she has done. She's very, um, she's very grateful, you know, and she says, and I'm not even one of your maidservants, you know, I'm not even one of your hired people, the people who serve you or anything like that. So then he says to her, you know what? Come here and eat at the, of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar at mealtime. You know, that's, could be, that's lunchtime, right? It could be lunchtime, it could be dinner time, whatever time it was, most likely it's lunchtime. He said, come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. Meaning, come and eat with us. Come and eat with me. Come and eat the food that we have. So she sat beside the reapers, right? The, the, per, the, the people who are like you know, Boaz's, um, uh, employees. And he passed perch grain to her 
right? You know, it's like, it's like instead of getting just regular white Wonder Bread, <laughs> you're getting some nice, you know, um, uh, um, stone bread, you know, that has nuts in it or something. He gave her a nice piece of grain, you know, a parched grain to her, and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back, meaning everything that they gave her to eat, she didn't just hog it in the morning. She didn't just, you know, eat it down. She didn't just swallow it all at once. She ate enough to be filled with what she needed in her stomach if she was hungry. And she also saved some of it, right? Uh, Whether that means she put it in a Back then, they didn't have tissues, so she put it, like, in a cloth, or she put on some something, napkin, you know, a cloth, napkin, fabric, whatever, and she saved it, right? Uh, and we're going to find out later why she saved it, because, you know, Ruth is never just thinking about herself. She's also always thinking about other people, right? And she goes, so she sat beside the reapers, and he passed parched grain to her, and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, meaning she got right back up again to go back to work. So this tells me it was lunchtime, right? Boaz, uh, excuse me. Boaz commanded his young men saying, so now Boaz gave a command, right? To, to his workers and to the people and said, especially the young men who, who are responsible for, um, not only like, uh, you know, making sure that the, the reapers and the workers are working, you know, that the people on the land are working, but some, could be some of the guards, could be some of the protectors, right? Servants. He said, he said, let her glean even among the sheaves, right? Um, and do not reproach her. Meaning, let her pick up anything from anywhere where it falls off, even in, the, even in some sections um, that we don't normally like let anyone glean there, let her glean there. So that could be even an example, like, you know, you're just, you're just doing farming the regular wheat side of things and grains, but then there's another side and then the other side has maybe cherries or has uh, oranges or has apples or whatever. Yeah. Let her glean there too. Because look, the, the thing about the story and, and how encouraging it is, is that when God touches someone's life to bless you and to give you favor, it doesn't just stop at one point like the favor. The favor has multiple areas and layers of what you're being given. So not only was she told, hey, you got a job here. You don't need to go nowhere else and work. You're going to be by the women's side. So you're almost like, you know, you're part of that team. Like we spoke about last week. I want to make sure you're protected. No one reproaches you because you are a foreigner, but we're not going to treat you like a foreigner. We're going to treat you like one of our own. And you're going to have access to the areas that you can actually work as well. You're just not going to be limited. And when God favors us in our lives, my friends, he favors us in a way of multiple layers now, some of you might be listening to me say, yo, I've received favor only in one area. That's okay. You still got the favor. But what I'm saying is we're seeing a demonstration here of favor in multiple layers. Right? And then it says here, um, do not rebuke her. Right? Meaning don't tell her to get out. Don't tell her you're not allowed to be here. 
Don't tell her you don't have access to this place, this area. Right? He's already get, given the command to let everyone know this woman here, Ruth, this lady that's standing right here, she's going to have access to do the stuff that I'm allowing her to do. And no one can interfere with that. It's like in your job, when your boss all of a sudden comes out and makes a major announcement about someone getting a promotion. And then the promotion, you know, he doesn't. they don't want anyone to be bitter, upset, or think they were overlooked. But they've chosen this person to be the one to be promoted. And we have to welcome them, respect them, and continue to work with them as a team. Whether you like it or not, you know, sometimes your boss will tell you that. Whether you like it or not, this is the decision the boss made. And going forward, this is who's going to still, who's going to be here. And I know some of you listening to me right now say, oh, Antonia, you have no idea who my boss is. You have no idea who they put in charge of us. Honey, let me tell you something. I have an idea. (laughs) I've been through so many things with like different jobs I've had and situations that I've seen and heard and witnessed with my own eyes. I get it. In this story with Ruth Boaz, this is a special story about the kindness that an employer employer can even give someone brand new who comes to the company who might be an outsider. There, I know for many of us sometimes, you know, when someone gets hired on the job and they say, oh, wait, where are you from? They say, oh, I moved from another state or another country to come to this job. And you're looking at them and you're like, And how did you get this position? Like, listen, the favor that God gives everybody is their own favor. I always tell people that. I was like, if you're seeking favor from the Lord, continue to be faithful in everything you do in every area of your life. Just continue to have the good attitude. Continue to be a kind and giving person. Continue to work hard. Continue to maintain yourself so that when you do receive the favor, it is because God has seen and acknowledged what you have done in your life and he touches other people's lives to bless you. Everybody's favor comes differently. Some people receive favor continuously. We have to look at them and say, why are they continuously receiving favor? Because they're working hard at it, I'm sure. They're being faithful. They're being trustworthy. They're still being committed. They still help people. They don't think about themselves. They're not out to cut anybody's throat and get it their way. They're very faithful in what they do. And then it says here, you know, because of that, also let grain from the... Don't be pro triangles. And also let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. You know, not only did he make us, you know, make it the statement of this is an employee that's new. She's going to work with the women. She's not going to be reproached by anybody, meaning she's not, no one's going to, don't let anyone make her feel unwelcomed. She is welcomed here. She is going to work hard in some, even other areas. Let her go there. And most of all, make sure that when you are 
you know, reaping, when you're doing the, the, the reaping that's happening, let's extra bundles fall just for her. So she can go ahead and she can, you know, she can gather them up. She can glean them. That is favor like no other favor, my friends. I can tell you that right now. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of times people are like, how is it possible that some people just get an overflow abundance of things? How is it that every time I look at somebody or hear about somebody, you know, they got a new car, they just got bought a new house, or they just got a new job, or they just got a new raise, or they just got a new promotion, or they just got their new business started, or they just got, you know, they just got engaged, they just got found a great partner, you know, to have to, they're going to get married. Like you're just starting. Sometimes we sit here and we go, how is this possible? How's all this stuff happening to this person? I can't even get my break. I can't even get not one thing, right? Because I know some of you listening to this are probably going through that. You feel like I can't get a break. I can't get any blessings. I can't get anything. I've been like, you know, praying for the, you know why? We need to evaluate ourselves. We need to say what's going on in our lives. What am I doing that might be against God's word? Some of you might be thinking, Anthony, I'm doing everything according to God's word. I'm doing everything according to his will. I'm doing the right thing. Then my friends, maybe you're now just being tested with your patience. I would say good things come to those who wait. And you might just be tested with your patience because see, God doesn't want us to be anxious for anything. He wants us to understand that his timing is perfect. And whenever he's going to give it to you, it's going to be the right timing. Sometimes we get very anxious. We're rushing things. We want this yesterday. We want it tomorrow, you know, uh, but the thing is that sometimes God is, you know, laying out a plan for you that is the correct plan for your life and he's not rushing anything God is always on time on the right time he's not rushing anything he's doing things accordingly to prepare you for whatever he's going to bless you with he's doing things accordingly so that you be aware of you know maybe some areas in your life that he's helping you realize that need attention, that, you know, you need fixing, you know, because when he goes to bless you and give you, let's say, a higher status, a higher position, you know, or he blesses you with money, whatever it might be, you will know exactly how to handle it. You won't squander it. You won't treat it incorrectly. You won't treat people incorrectly. Sometimes before people become leaders into some type of boss position or leader position, um, they go through training, you know, you go through training, you go through learning experiences. Now, some of you listening to me says, you know, I heard somebody just became a boss and they never even lifted a finger before. I get it. Sometimes people are just placed in positions too with some companies just to meet a quota of either diversity, to meet a quota of, you know, 30 under 30, whatever the, the quota might be that they're trying to like, you know, fulfill, um, according to the rules and policies or whatever. I get it. Sometimes people end up in positions. You're like, how did that person get that position? Even though, you know, they're not qualified for the position, right? So just, you know, we also know in the Bible by many stories, God didn't call the, doesn't a lot of times call the qualified, 
to do the work. He calls the person whose heart is after God, you know, and then he will equip them with the things that they need to fulfill the task. I remember many, many, many years ago, and I won't be too specific on names and places, but many, many, many years ago, um, I am a, when I was attending a church, there was a praise and worship leader that was put in position at a very, very young age. I think they were like 21 or 22 or something. And, um, you know, that was an overwhelming position for that person to hold, to oversee that entire department. And I was able to see that that person was struggling in that area. But I also was very respectful to the fact that if that is the position that was given, you know, to that person by the leadership in the church, that we had to respect it. And we had to help the person. You know, a lot of people don't want to help new leadership when they come into the church. They're like, well, they got them hired. They put them in position. Let them figure it out. But that's not the attitude God wants us to have. God wants us to have an attitude of understanding his heart, understanding your leadership's heart, understanding your leadership, God's vision, understanding the leadership's vision. And sometimes that includes having new people walk through the door that you've never heard of, never met, um, be in positions that otherwise maybe other people in the church would have thought that maybe they would have been promoted to. But sometimes that's not how it always happens, my friends, and we know that. Sometimes, you know, we just have to accept the fact that decisions get made by leaders. Sometimes we think they're good decisions. Sometimes we think they're bad decisions. But whatever the decision is, we have to respect it. And we come along and we help that person. So in conjunction to the person's story that I was speaking about, you know, I remember one day I encountered the person in the bathroom and they were crying. And they were crying and I said, what's wrong? What's going on? And they said, I'm just so overwhelmed because I'm so young and I have this position. You know, and uh, I just feel, you know, the person felt at the time that, you know, no matter what was happening or what they were trying to do, they were gaining ground, but they were not fully there yet. And all I can say to that person at the time was like, you know, let me pray for you. Let me encourage you, let you know that you're doing a great job. Yes, it's a lot of work and it could be overwhelming. But once you get the hang of it, once people get to know you, once the program or whatever it is they were trying to develop, you know, takes, gets legs and takes flight, it'll, it'll be better, you know? And I think about this because there are a lot of people, I'm here, there are a lot of women here, there are a lot of men here. In this passage of scripture, doesn't say, doesn't say what they thought or commented on, it only it only spoke about how they com- the one supervisor commented on Ruth. But I'm sure people standing by the sidelines of where Ruth was listening to this, I know they had a lot of things to think about in their heads. I know some people must have been on the side going, she ain't even from around here. He's already giving her favor. This is the first day on the job and he's already giving her favor. He's already giving her access. I've been here five years. I don't even have access. No one ever gave me a key to the storage room. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody's like, everybody's got an opinion, right? Again, the favor that God is going to give you is for you. Favor for everyone comes at different stages. And God also wants to test our attitudes. How patient are we to say, you know, 
I'm going to stick this out. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to stand like Ruth. God is seeing what Ruth has done. And then through blessing, uh, you know, someone else's heart, which is Boaz, then Boaz is also seeing through God's eyes what Ruth has done, right? So sometimes, my friends, you know, we could look at the scripture and say, man, a lot of people must have been really upset when they heard this. But what matters is the person, Ruth, who God was giving favor to, who could be the example, right, of what you can do in your life to gain favor from someone, from an employer, from someone else in your life that has heard about you and has seen your hard work and then is willing to give you an opportunity. See, now Ruth, because of just coming in humbled and coming in with a good heart, coming in with a good attitude just to work, you know, and and, and just do her life as she, you know, needed to for necessity, she didn't come in with intentions of saying, I'm coming into this, I'm coming into this farmland and I'm going to rip it all apart. I'm going to have these people out of jobs. You know, she didn't come in with the attitude. She came in with the attitudes. I'm here to work. I'm here to do whatever's necessary. I need, I, you know, I need to start back from basics. I need to get a job. I need to work. I need to supply for me and my mother-in-law. That was her only thought process, right? She didn't come in with premeditated notions of what she was willing, uh, what she wanted to do for against that company or against any other employee or she didn't come in with a she didn't come in with a chip on her shoulder she came very humbled and that's something Boaz noticed right right away this woman didn't come in asking for anything she just came to do the job and she did it very well and she's been quiet and she's been cordial and she's been respectful and she hasn't bothered anybody hasn't complained about anything you know when people see that they'll give you favor so I'm sure that maybe for even Ruth at that time, you know, some people be like in the job going, I'm not talking to her. I want nothing to do with her, right? Because people's attitudes are not about gratitude. Most people would be like, oh, I'm so glad we got another worker. Maybe a little 10% of my work will be less now because someone else has come to work and help. People don't look at it that way. People like, why are they hiring somebody else? Don't we have enough people here to do the job? <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, y'all. Come on. <laughs> right? So we have to say to ourselves, you know, like, what's going on here? What's going on here, my friends, is that you're seeing right in the midst of someone's chaotic life and everything they've lost, everything, because, you know, you can't say Ruth is not also broken. She's broken in her heart. Her husband died. She's broken in her heart. Her her father-in-law died. Her brother-in-law died. You know, she lost family members too. It's not just Naomi. But she's got this strong will about her, about continuing to go forward with life. And she had this great attitude about, I got to just keep going. And when we say to ourselves, you know, I have to keep going. And you work hard and you don't expect anything from anybody. You're just genuinely doing it. Because you just you're doing it out of necessity because you know you need to survive, but you don't. But you're not doing it intentionally to hurt anybody. You're doing you're intentional of your action to work hard, so you can have food to put on the table for your family, 
But in the interim, you're not hurting anybody. You are just sacrificing yourself, working tons of hours in hot, heated weather, like I'm sure Ruth was, and you were very, very uh, respectful while you were on the job. People will notice that, and people will give you favor. And Boaz noticed that and gave a favor. Whether anybody liked it or not didn't matter. <laughs> what matters is that in this moment, we can see what Ruth experienced and say to ourselves, is there a possibility I can experience this one day myself? You know, have I genuinely gone into volunteer to do things or be a part of some project or do something at my church that I genuinely with my heart love to give or do, but not because I'm coming in with the intention of like, well, they've been hiring me within the two weeks that I'm here. They better hurry up and start giving me a stipend, right? Our attitudes has to be of gratitude. And right now for Ruth, her attitude was of gratitude. Immense gratitude at that. Because she voiced it to Boaz, said, how did I find favor? Thank you for giving me favor in the sight of you, where I'm not even one of your main workers. You know, I'm just, I'm the new person. So, my friends, I don't know about you, but I've been very blessed by this. I hope you have been blessed too. And this is a great example, right? I spoke last week to employers if you're a supervisor, a manager, a boss, employer somewhere, you know, this is a perfect example to learn from Boaz. That when you see that people have genuinely worked hard, you see they've committed themselves, they've given it their all, and it benefits your company, it's okay to recognize those people. It's okay to bring them to the table and say, hey, I'm bringing all my employees today to the table. We're going to have a company party. It's going to be a pizza party. Whatever it's going to be, I'm going to go around. I'm going to talk to my employees. I'm not going to stay in my penthouse CEO office, you know, at the 12th floor when everybody else is on the first and second floor. You know, I'm going to come down. I'm going to meet them where they're at right? And I'm going to talk to them and chill with them and see, and see how they're doing, you know, get to know some of my employees. Because at the end of the day, that employee will be uh, a lot uh, happier to know that, wow, my boss came all the way down from the 12th floor to hang with us. That was so cool. I didn't know he liked golfing. I didn't know he liked fishing. He or she liked fishing. Because remember, there's a lot of female bosses now too. Cannot leave those out. And I'll leave them out. You know, you'd be like, oh, I didn't know my boss, you know, had three beautiful twins, you know, triplets. I didn't know that. You know, you get to learn. And then the boss will be like, wow, I didn't know I had, um, I, I knew HR said we had a multicultural, you know, employees. But I didn't know we had such a great diverse group of employees. Like, the boss will get to see you too and see what you do, talk to you, find out about you. You know, and then that's how a boss can also learn about how they can also continue in the future to see how they can give things to their employees. You know, when next time they think about doing an event, they're not just going to take it to a stuffy restaurant. Next time they do the event. They might take it to, you know, one of those places that feeds a group of people, but then there's activities outside so they can't bring their kids. They can bring their kids. There's a park. There's like a playground. There's, 
you know, maybe there's even a little water park. There's something for activity for everyone. It helps an employee feel like, wow, not only does my employer, you know, think about me, he's thinking about my, my family, my kids. You know, we had a great time. I know when my husband used to work for a company, they always did this like big like dinner, gala dinner. It wasn't a gala because you didn't really have to wear bow ties and and fancy gowns or anything. But it was it was for all the employees. It was a great grand dinner for the employees. And then the employees could bring their spouses. And then I remember one time I went to this party. And, and a lot of times it was towards Christmas time, right? Because the owner of the company at the time was a very giving man. He built that business from the ground up and he was very good to his employees. And I remember I was at this party with my husband and all of a sudden, like, my, my you know, they're giving out to all the employees these raffle tickets, little raffle tickets. You know those tickets I'm talking about, the little piece that has the number on it? And then they keep the other number. And then at the end, like towards the end of the night, they were like putting their hand into that basket, big basket with all those raffle numbers saying number two, 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 whatever the number was. And then the person would say, that's me. Come on on forward. And then they were giving them televisions, microwaves. They were giving them trips to Hawaii. I mean, I was so astounded. I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. I have ne- I had never like seen such an extensive generosity of an employer to his employees, which I thought was fascinating. As a matter of fact, I think my husband twice won two different things. I think one time we won uh, like a little TV, I think it, and we still have that TV till today. And I think I forgot what the other thing was that my husband had won, but you know, we will. You know, those employees. There's no doubt that those employees left that Christmas party holiday party, whatever they called it, with such a happiness and a joy of like, this is, even the ones who didn't win anything left with such a joy. You know why? Because they even had a special little like, um, basket or or some gift basket or something that they gave to every employee. So the employees never left empty handed. They still left with stuff, you know? And I really said to my husband at the time, I was like, this is amazing. This is Wow, you have a fantastic boss, you know, and uh, that's a rarity to see that. But when employers can incorporate that, not only do you, I believe, double in productivity with the work that gets done by your employees, but employees then start to say really positive things about companies. That's just something to think about, my friends. So I don't know about you, but I've been blessed by reading this word. Continue to stay encouraged. Continue to know that God loves you. Continue to work faithfully and diligently and your reward will come. (coughs) Excuse me. You will receive the favor of the Lord. I look forward to sharing the word again with you next week. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.